Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'll never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And to all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock to my tape pop. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack hey. with the hat to match. Hey. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought the hip hop would take it this far. Uh -huh. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Right. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri. Funk Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hug. It's all good. It's all good. Got Nacho by my side. And if you don't know, now you know. Got Nacho by my side. Unlike Sunday, when I needed Nacho by my side for like an hour and a half, and he was on the sideline, perplexed and just like, "What's what's happening up there? Why why is there SWAT toting assault rifles? Who's getting in the face of the announcer?" I'm like, "Nacho, come save me." And there was no nacho, but we get out of it alive and good morning. Oh, good morning. I'm so bummed I missed out on that. Not that I wanted to go out <laughs> over there and just, like, fight the dude. But um, I, I have a little bit of FOMO when things like that happen because I just want to know. I, I want to know. I yeah. want to see it from my, my own eyes. How would you like to be Abbott? I mean, he's back here. He's hearing things on the radio that he generally doesn't hear. You know, then we go to break. And then when, when, when drunk John Riggins, Jersey guy tries to, to, like, touch my computer and take the skull thing off the back. Yeah. And then I'm like, don't effing touch my stuff, which kind of escalated it a little bit at the beginning, which, you know, then it's like, hey, you know, we got microphones around you and everything. I get it. I understand. I understand. You know, but then when when drunk guy started pestering the analyst and, and the analyst became apoplectic, well, that's, I mean, it's the Vikings radio network. You know, we disseminate information and... You know, we like to be part of it and Nacho on the sideline and yours truly and Pete up in the booth with the road team, Seahawk, Jared Wells, Gabe Henderson. It's, and this may sound touchy-feely, but you know it's true, man. It's a tightly knit group and sure. we got each other's backs, man. So, but Abbott's part of that bit too. And when you're a thousand some odd miles away and you're hearing things you've never heard in 21 years and you know something's happening and you have the anxiety gene like he has... And you can't feel one of his feet, which he can't. I mean, everything's just pear-shaped on a yeah, Sunday. Don't, don't, don't throw his back issues in on this. Well, no, I'm saying it's like you got every, you just, you have. Oh, poor, you, poor Chad. But you have what's there. I can only feel one of my feet. And now all of a sudden, my brothers are potentially in peril and I can't get there. So, I mean, I felt really bad for him during that moment, you know? It's not like he was going to run there. Think about it. We well, can't run there. He'd hop. Oh, you should see him trip over a microphone car. Yeah. It's awful. Even, even if this happened at U.S. Bank and he was here at the studio, he was not going to run down there. Mm -mm. Oh, um, poor Chad. Uh, ben Lieber, at Nacho Lieber via Twitter, BenLieber.com, if you're interested. Um, the inclusion, 9 to noon, is provided by Casey's. What else can you share? Uh, well, nothing other than that Casey's been a part of my life for over 40 years, so I appreciate everything that they're doing. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it really it was like the the comfort, convenience stop in the two towns I lived in in Iowa and South Dakota. So I'm so happy and proud to rep them right now. Yep, no doubt. Thank you, Casey's.
Uh, I, I hit on this about an hour ago uh, with Vikes Bites, and it, it worked on me a little bit yesterday uh, because of, A, the talk out of both sides of your mouth nature of the NFL with gambling. All right? Now, whatever. I endorse FanDuel. I call Minnesota Vikings games. I get it. But the point spread on our game is because people don't understand point spreads enough and they don't understand gambling and money being wagered at certain times of the week enough. So if a point spread moves, okay, a point spread moved. I just, having worked in being racetrack raised and being around this for more than half my life, I can't tell you how rare in the National Football League, not college football, you got that that sweet-ass K-State pullover on right now. Well, practices in college football are completely closed. There are things like, what, Mo Ibrahim's not playing? And you learn that two hours before the, well, that never would happen in the NFL. So there are dramatic swings all week in college football games, specifically, you know, the, let's say, SMU is playing Louisiana Lafayette, and a sucker goes like 14 to 4. Well, that happens all the time. In the NFL, it never happens. Right. Never, ever, 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 ever. For a point spread to go nine and a half to three and a half on a Tuesday to a Wednesday and a Wednesday before a practice indicates that there are loose lips from within the Bills covenant. And somebody at not it. The question I have here is information has gotten out. OK, so I think there's less than a 50 percent chance Josh Allen's going to play simply because of the way this point spread has gone. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. But a six-point move over a prized number, seven. Three, seven, ten, and 14 in the gambling world, in, in football, those are massive numbers. I mean, it went right by seven like it wasn't even a, a part of the numerical equation. And and on a, on a Tuesday, it started, you know, like nine and a half, six and a half, five and a half. Then, boom, McDermott's press conference, three and a half. Well, that's potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars worldwide moving something like that, which is a dead indicator. Somebody on the inside has let people know he's probably not playing. Mm -hmm. Either he's not playing or he's probably not playing. Problem I have is for it to move like that, you're telling the perceived underworld. You're telling those who make livings and prey on vulnerability like this. When I say prey, it's because the, the general betting public is absolutely at a dramatic disadvantage if things like this are going to happen. And um, and it just bugs me. It bugs me, forget the point spread, Josh Allen playing or not, that somebody from inside a covenant would share something like that and lead something to move the way it's moved at the professional level, not a Saturday or a Sunday, where like Shefty's tweeted something sure. and, and now people are just, you know, the, the, the drunks are just going to wear the lampshades and just fire in because they're chasing in Vegas. That ain't the case, man. This is this is sharp money. This is sharp money from wise guys who have been tipped off. Something's going to happen, and and if if I'm part of the Bills organization, uh, if I if I'm the GM or somebody else, and I get what's happening right here with this point spread, I'd be asking who shared. How did this get out like this? Because this is a dramatic move, man. And what what else is being shared? I'd wonder like what else is being shared. You see what I'm saying here? I mean, I see what you're saying, and I think that you make a really compelling argument to all of this. Look, I, I get the feeling that um, I would prepare. Maybe maybe sometimes I look at it at the lens of a former player. I would just say, I'm, I'm assuming that he's playing. Mm-hmm. When they when they list him as day-to-day, 
Yeah. I've seen day to day a lot of times. Yeah. I've I seen, loved your tweet. I've seen day to day for a lot of players with, you know, significant injuries and I'm like, oh, they're day to day. And then, okay. then they go out and play or not so significant. Like it, there, there's, there are ways to obviously throw off um, what the other team is thinking that's going to happen on Sunday. But I, I agree with you that the betting world has changed a lot. And dude, there, Sean McDermott is not going to go out there and, and, um, try to chase down who's got the loose lips. He's got way, yeah. way bigger fish to Great fry. Point. And I, I'm sure that he's not worried about that. Obviously, I'm sure he'd probably talk to the head trainer and the head docs yeah. and be like, hey, guys, like, like, but it's, it's too, there's too many people. And you've seen it with the Vikings organization, Vikings organization at Winter Park versus Vikings organization in Egan. Mm-hmm. It's m- dramatically different with the number of people that are involved with every step of the way, right? No doubt. There's goods and bads to that. So now when it comes to information on one of the hottest players or most important players in the NFL, and he's got possibly a significant injury to his, to his elbow ligament. That's a hard thing to keep under wraps, right? You know, it's a really hard thing to keep under wraps because a lot of people are going to hear the news. Um, I understand, but you, but you follow it closer than anybody. It's under wraps with you so that you're still guessing. And, and what I'm saying is, is when you're betting tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, those are professional groups. That's not. That's not. Look, they 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 have a, a thing called Bills Mafia. You don't think that there. <laughs> you don't think that there's people connected within okay. the Buffalo, the city of Buffalo, and yeah. all this other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing the, the NFL's fraudulent because it will pound on gambling related topics so that the shield can be all shiny from an image standpoint until FanDuel, DraftKings, and Caesars wants to roll in with million dollars in advertising. And then we look the other way. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I, just I, I mean, stuff. that's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that you're uh, a little, you know, obviously a little worked up about it, but that's just the way the NFL operates. Well, and I'm just, for people I'm, to be yeah. uh, surprised by that, it's I'm like, I'm just pissed right. off sauce didn't get the Vikings at nine. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm right. playing with you. Um, well, do you, so, okay, you kind of answered it. Do you think Josh Allen plays? I do think he plays. Really? I do think he plays. Okay. So, Joe Q Antigua guy who's riding this vibe and may have gotten inside information as part of some computer group in Antigua who does this, well, then I guess that's hundreds of thousands of dollars wagered on the Vikings. That is, you know, if you got, let's say, four, four and a half points, man, if Josh Allen, if it's known he's playing, well, that thing's going to go three and a half right back over that seven. But I also think it's one of those things where, look, we we saw we saw Favre do this a lot, you know, where it's like, ah, he can barely walk on a Wednesday. Was, yep. Is he going to play in this game? Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, yep. he, he looks pretty banged up. I don't know. Yep. Uh, and then he doesn't practice yep. or he practices on a limited basis, gets a lot of treatment, does whatever he needs to do, mm-hmm. and goes out. The thing is, I think they're going to have to protect Josh Allen from himself. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to want to go out there. if Even if he's at 80%, He's like, if you're, if the doctor says, Hey man, this is what's going on. It's a slight strain. Look, barring, barring another, another um, hit that he took right when his arm was in motion, another perfect scenario like that, you're not going to cause more damages by throwing the football. If that's the case, this dude, this dude plays, Okay, but they might be looking at it, you know, long-term as a training staff and as a coaching staff and said, we're not going to risk you right now against a non-conference opponent. Right that may not have huge implications for what we're, we're trying to do here. We have, you know, two kind of winnable games, hopefully with Case Keenum after the, after the Vikings play, mm-hmm. we'll shut you down and we'll get you, we'll get you 100% healthy for the home stretch. Yeah. Um, look, I going back to your talking out of both sides of your mouth, I can see it both ways. I, this is a team 
that historically hits a little bit of a lull in the mid to late parts of the season. They may be hitting that lull, especially after the Jets loss. They are fight. They need to more than a lot of other teams because of the climate that they live in. They they play in. They need home field advantage. They do not want to go obviously on the road to Kansas City right or point. whatever. So there's a there's still a lot to to play for, and they need Josh Allen out there to to win these games. So again, uh, the player in me says that he's going to grit through it. Um, he'll play on Sunday and he'll give it a go. And it wouldn't it still wouldn't surprise me that a quarter into the game when he just maybe can't make the throws he needs to make, mm-hmm. then we'll see Case Keenum. Lieber. It 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 changes the game dramatically. I oh, mean, for sure. It's I mean, obviously Case Keenum, Josh Allen. I mean, it's the, that's the obvious part. But it's with with Case. If Case is playing the game, and Josh is inactive, mm-hmm. well, the runs that you like to use Josh with, Case can do. But you don't put him on those runs because if he gets hit the wrong way, you might have Matt Barkley for three games. So that eliminates or minimizes that. And Case, when he breaks the pocket, you know, he can get deep, but he can't get deep from the pocket. That's just not his game. And 15 to 25 mile per hour winds uh, are anticipated. Kirk can cut through the wind. Case can't. Josh can. So, I mean, this is major. Well, it's major. And you can look at it from a positive standpoint, too. Look, the, the Jets... The Jets did what other teams have tried to do. They exposed them by by putting a cover two shield over the top of their defense. And really, and uh, and letting Sauce Gardner single somebody. Well, he and well, in cover two, it's it, unless you ha- unless you have a threat into the flat, it still it still plays like man on on the outside. Got it. Um, and that's, well, that's not, Sauce Gardner's. And it's not to say that they're in cover two every single snap. Got it. It's just that when you put in critical situations, you put two mm-hmm. high safeties over the top. You're basically telling the offense, "I dare you! I dare you to throw over the top of us." Yeah. Um, and they couldn't do that. The thing with Josh Allen that where he gets into trouble is if you can get to him early, which our front four thankfully has picked up the pass rush, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have a, a pretty disruptive front. Now it doesn't sound, sound like Dalvin Tomlinson is going to play this game. And I think that's a huge miss as well. But if we can get to him early, he breaks the pocket early. He doesn't let things develop. He gets too he, he gets too antsy. He's a very impatient quarterback. He wants to throw the ball three or four times, hand it off once and take a shot over the top. Wow. And, and I think that that works against them. Yeah. Um, they too often want to have the big sexy play, the 60-yard bomb, the big plays over the top. The right? 98 he, to Gabe. Yeah, he he will force things over the top just because that's that's his nature. He's a little bit of a gambler in that, that sense. Mm-hmm. What they don't do with him is they don't run the ball very well. Yeah. Um, Ken Dorsey gets he, – he puts too much ownership on this offense has to be run through Josh Allen and Josh Allen's arm and his yep. legs. And, and I think that works against them in some of these games – i.e. the Jets game. So the silver lining, if you're a Buffalo fan, is like, all right, well, if Josh isn't going to play, well, maybe this is a good opportunity for us to actually take exactly what the defense is going to give you. Mm -hmm. We play a lot of cover two shell. That that plays right into what our defense does. Where are we the most vulnerable? Right behind the linebackers and right in the middle of the field. Right right in the middle of the field. Brilliant. Those are all the throws that Case Keenum can make. Wow. This is a game in which... Uh, Sean McDermott was a little annoyed after the game that they didn't run the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Well, what do you think Ken Dorsey's going to do when he gets a, he gets a, he gets thrown on a bus just a little bit about not running the football? Well, if Josh yeah. Allen's not in there, what's he going to do? Right. Run the football, try to find some balance. Wow. So I, that's a lead analysis. I, I don't. Way. You know, I I think that 
going into this game against what we are vulnerable against with our two high shell yeah. uh, might not be a bad game to have, you know, to try something new with uh, and let Josh Allen rest. Midway point of the season. What does Ben Lieber think about the way Kevin O'Connell calls games? That and more around the corner. But first, the fan, along with Granite Logistics, they want to put potentially a grand in your hand. And that's all part of the national cash contest. All you got to do, go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword money. You want to win $1,000, go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword Miraculous. 1028 in the neighborhood, Ben Lieber, BenLieber.com. Thank you, Casey's. Uh, at, at, at nearing the midway point, halftime of Sunday's game will be the midway point of the season. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has called plays in National Football League games before 2019 uh, with, with Washington as, um, as the offensive coordinator. Uh, but, but now the volume uh, that he has called for this very good team and mixing in the pass and, and, and the run and now Hawkinson gets in for 60 plays, nine targets. Just overall, how do you what what sticks out to you about Kevin O'Connell's play calling? Well, I think his ability to adapt from game to game has gotten um is, is it seems like has always been been really good. I mean, I'm not saying it's like it's like trending in the right direction or it's like it's just getting good lately. I think he's been really good at that um from the very first game. Um I think that the one thing that I, it seems like, and maybe this is not him or it could be execution, the big lulls that we have, yep. you know, just look at this last game. It was like our, our first 12 plays, um, the, the scripted plays were great. Guys go down there, they execute at a high level. And then it's what five straight punts, you know, and it's, and it's not so much that um, it's not so much that, that maybe the, the play calling's awful or anything like that. It's just that we don't seem to really adapt when teams are like going to blitz us or whatever. We don't, we don't seem to have a lot of outs, you know? And I don't know if that's one of those things that's built into the call or if something that Kirk sees or it's an execution thing that guys, guys just aren't getting open, but the inconsistency and it's really hard. And look, you're, you're close to the game too. You know, you've known, you've talked to a lot of, you know, head coaches that call plays or coordinators and, stuff like that. It's, it's really frustrating when 
you call the right play against yep. the right coverage, and then it's missed. then it's an execution thing, yep. or it's missed. And then everyone's everybody wants to blame the the play caller and say yep. like, well, that was a terrible play. Why would you call that? Well, it's a matter of execution and, and the eleven guys doing what they're supposed to do. So it's a really hard question to answer, yeah. um, you know, on a series by series basis. But man, how can you not be happy with um, you know some of the the critical down and distances, end of the half, end of the game, you know, plays where we got to have it. You know, look at that. Look at what we did with um with Dalvin's touchdown last game. You know, he talked about that exclusively after the game. He's like, you know, adding T.J. Hawkinson. We saw what they were doing matchup wise. So he calls a formation that put TJ and the other threats on the right side of the field. Mm-hmm. And he and he knew or at least predicted that Dalvin was gonna get singled up against a big yeah, on the Curl. outside. And that's a ma- that that's the matchup that he was looking for. So yeah. that was the primary read. That wasn't like a oh, a second, second, third read. That was the primary read. Yeah. So his ability and uh and um uh, uh, Wes Phillips's ability to do that and communicate in the game has has been spot on. Up uh, the 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 Kirko bet. Oh my God, Kirko chill. It, it's I you know I believe it's a career highlight for Kirk, even though he won't say it. You know he's, he's awkward and 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 you know he doesn't want to bring attention to him and stuff like that. And and the uh, the, the reason I, I frame it up that way, it's honestly the most he's ever been embraced or accepted mm-hmm. anywhere at any time in the NFL. So I mean, this is like a career highlight, don't you think? I think so. I I love it. I think it it's a good um, marker for how the team's internal health is with how their locker room is. I think mm-hmm. they all have, have truly embraced him. And you know, we've talked to you know the feelings of the world. They're like even even under Zimmer, the locker room still embraced Kirk. It's just that we never were able to like really see it, you know. And now that now that everybody can really publicly show it and see it, I think it's great. Um, it's obviously. I think it's got him playing at a fast level. He's, you know, shoulders are relaxed. He just seems like a different, a different cat out there. But here's the thing that I'm, here's the thing that I, if I'm a player, if I am in kind of in control of the team, this is where I would maybe take the foot off the gas or pump the brakes, however you want to, however you want to think about it. Look, Kirk is getting all this love right now for this newfound, you know, persona. Don't let the persona distract you from what's really important. Right, he's on the Manning cast. That's great. I mean, all that stuff is great. McAfee what, on Monday. McAfee on Monday. What What are you normally doing at those times? Mm, Monday you know? evening. That That's fa- that would be family time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I I don't know that. Do you know that? Mm-mm. I know he's got films set up there. I yep. know he's. I know he does. I know that he is a. a nope. You're a, right. A very staunch, studious player. Right. Yep. He's really on on the studies all the time. Yep. I just I just hope from the outside looking in that. Everything that he's doing right now is not distracting him from what he normally does. Don't let that take away from your normal process. Like, go out there, have fun with your boys, keep it in the locker room. You know, if you guys want to post about it, that's great. If you want to answer a couple questions in the in the press conference, fine. Don't let that dominate your press conference. Yeah. You 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 start you keep focused on getting this team where it needs to be on Sunday. Mm. That that's that's where I don't want this Kirko thing to go. Right. Personally. And and I'm recording um in ninety minutes with his father, Don, for Faith and Goal. He's pastor at Discovery Church in Orlando. And we're gonna talk about the Kirko bit a little bit. So you, you know, I'm gonna maybe not that direct, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna bring that up a little bit and see what Don well, has to say. Let me just let me just add this in so we're always we're always taught as players, you know, it's everybody everybody enjoys playing the underdog role. It's easy. You're just relaxed, right? You don't, you got nothing to lose, Mm -hmm. but the handling success part of it, that's equally as important. 
but you don't really know that until you actually you're actually in a position of success. Now that this team's in a position of success, you're getting all these media requests from all these players and all this and all this and all this. It's up to the players to be like, nah, man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Like we're, we haven't arrived yet. We yeah. didn't just win the Super Bowl. When the Super Bowl is all said and done and you win it, that's when you can go out there and you can, you know, enjoy yourself and, and let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. You got, you got to still play with your piss hot. That's what, that's what you got to do at this point in the season when everybody's like, ooh, the 7-1 Vikings, are they really this? Are they really that? That's, that's the distraction factor there. But every coach talks about in the locker room. Like, don't let that distract you from playing hot and playing like you've got a chip on your shoulder. And lastly, at Buffalo, then Dallas, Belichick, and the Jets here. What uh, what do you need to see from that? Like, uh, uh, and I'm not, you know, big prediction guy over four games because they're all so individual with the injuries. Three and one, you know, like, like, like what, what are you thinking about with these four? Well, I'm I'm kind of with everybody else. I mean, it depends on if if Josh Allen plays this weekend and we go out there and we lose 34-31, that that to me is a moral victory. I mean, it just is. I mean, players will never talk about it. Yep. Um players don't talk about it, but players feel that. Yeah. You know, just like the point spread. No player will ever concede right. they know exactly. the point spread. You exactly. knew you knew the point spread on every game in which you played. I did not actually. Well, well I'm just well, okay, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just may see it, not bet it, but, you know, it's an edge, man. People, well, yeah, are you know, you know, you know, like, oh, what, really? We're underdogs in this game? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go show them who's yeah. under, you know. Oh, it's on now. It's on now, right? Yeah, it's yes. on now. Yeah. From that standpoint, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so if they come out and, and it's a it's a moral victory, I think that's a plus. I think that's a positive, even though it might be an L, L in the column. Yeah. Um, you absolutely have to go out and, and beat Dallas. Um. Again, I think I think from a confidence standpoint, you back that up on on Thanksgiving night and you beat the Patriots just, just because it's the Patriots. It may not really mean much, mm-hmm. but you got you really do have to start looking at this whole thing as home field advantage, right? And if Philadelphia is going to do what they do, and and if they stumble, then then you got to be there to capitalize on it too. If they keep winning, well, then you got to keep up with them. So. I, I think every one of these games, you just can't... like you guys in 09 with New Orleans. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. You know, I've told the story before at Arizona, team bus is about ready to head to the stadium. Saints in Washington in overtime. Sean Sweesom shanks an extra point when it was from the 10 that, that I think would have won the game for Washington, New Orleans L. And then New Orleans went down and won. It was deflating mm-hmm. for players and everybody getting on the bus. And then you, you guys. All right, let's go. You know, and I'm not saying you got blown out because of that. And you know, we had the EJ Femer too. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but but moments like that, you're you're dead right about these Eagles, just like you guys in '09 with the Saints. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I I do think that the um, this game is droppable coming up against Buffalo, but I think the rest are. I think you have to win them out. Uh, I will see you on the plane in two days yep. for our patented Twitter photo. Yeah. And um, if, if Bursich and I are threatened this Sunday at high power or whatever it's called, a high energy, uh, jump up there and help us this time, okay? Yeah, I'm going to drop I'm gonna drop my gear and run up there. Thank you. Right, uh, ben you. Lieber, Nacho Lieber, BenLieber.com. Free KFAN. Welcome back, 9 to noon. It is time for News du Nord, which is brought to you every single day by Canterbury's Card Casino. It is poker, blackjack, table games all year round. 
And we're waiting for live racing. Live racing done for the year, although you can watch, wager, and win at Canterbury on racetracks across the country. And eventually, come Derby Day, live racing shall continue for the 2023 season. CanterburyPark.com on all event details. Number one. Minnesota Wild on that West Coast swing. Took that one nothing loss to the Kings two nights ago. But last night, another late start. Thanks for staying up late and hanging out with us as the Minnesota Wild embarked on the back end of a back-to-back against Anaheim. And, well, Kaprizov tied things up. In the slot, Eric Sinek outside the goal crease. Comes back to Addison. Hacked along for Boldy. Threw one in front. A deflection. They score! Kaprizov with a tip from the high slot. It's a power play goal. He's got his ninth of the year. And there is the end of the goalless drought for the Wild. They've tied this game at one. About damn time, right? You get the Thursday night 4 nothing loss at home against the Kraken. You head out on the road. Vox in the box struggling. 0-2 start. We don't want to talk about that, though. But... The scoreless drought, one nothing loss to the Kings. You get that power play goal from Kaprizov, the wild power play, top 10 in the NHL thus far this year. They have 12 total goals, including Kaprizov's second of the night, also on the advantage. Kaprizov a jam play. He scores! Kirill Kaprizov with his second power play goal of the night. Tic-tac-toe with him, Zuccarello behind the cage, and he just jammed it in. It's 3-1 to one in favor of the Wild. And then they finish it off for the 4-1 victory. Joseph buzzing in. Gibson played it away from that pressure. Bouncing puck came out in front. They score! It's Joseph Cremarosa banging it home. And with 8.18 to go in the third, it's 4-1 in favor of the Wild. So the Minnesota Wild finish up 4-1 victors last night against the Ducks. And the West Coast swing continues Friday night, tomorrow night. You're going to go for basketball right here on your home for Gopher Sports. Uh, that'll kick off the evening against St. Francis. And then after that, it'll be the 15-minute Fallness Festival at 845, 9 p.m.-ish puck drop. Minnesota Wild with the chance just eight days later to avenge that L they took at home last week to the Kraken. And um, and you have Motsko's team this evening, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and the free IHAR radio app against Pennsylvania State University. So uh, November is a very busy month, not only for KFAN, but our ancillary stations. And it's all happening right now. It's all good. Number two. Minnesota Timberwolves, I'd encourage you, uh, all you Howell fans out there, uh, 9 to noon, we kicked off the show today with head coach Chris Finch of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they are now en route, or they'll practice this morning and then hop on a plane. They'll head to Memphis tomorrow night. But looking backwards at last night, uh, what the hell's going on with this team? And you can listen to Coach Finch via podcast. I thought he was pretty open about the various uh, ailing issues with this squad. Just disinterested. There's discombobulation. You got D'Lo chilling at the scorer's table last night, not aware that his team was playing five versus four. And he watched uh, a drained three before uh, the light switch came on and he decided to continue. Uh, Cats in and out on a nightly basis. You know, Rudy Gobert-Pierre was supposed to be kind of that complimentary asset, kind of a luxury piece to a playoff team that wants to strive for more or is striving for more. Mm -hmm. And Rudy Gobert, when he's not uh, in the protocols or whatnot, has seemed to be the most consistent and poised player on the team. So interesting situation for this 5-7 and team after they lose to the uh, Phoenix Suns last night. Something's got to click, and maybe it starts tomorrow night. 
at the Memphis Grizzlies. And and Chris's is you know he's just always very candid and, and very open nine to noon. It's, it's he feels comfortable here and and yeah you know, I I love old school basketball. He loves old school basketball, and I love our conversations. So uh, I thank Second um, Harvest Heartland and uh, TwoHarvest.org for the conversations. Uh, but like like Eric just said. He, he was very candid and very open about the unacceptable nature of some things that are transpiring at the highest level, the National Basketball Association, that are, it's, they're ridiculous. I mean, it's, 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 I'm sorry, it's, it's D'Angelo Russell not recognizing he needs to go into the game and his team is playing four on five when Torrey and Prince leaves is boneheaded. It's not paying attention and it's unacceptable. Um, so now during the course of the game, for those who played basketball, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you got guys taking fall away shots off the wrong foot. You, you, you have jump passes, which you're taught in like fourth grade not to do is, is you're going to make a pass and you leave your feet. Well, that, that's a problem or bounce passes in the key, which you just don't do. It's kind of akin to dribbling down to the baseline and picking up your dribble. We don't do that. They're doing all of that right now. So it can be lack of confidence, lack of execution, stifle towers in the mix. We're throwing more lobs than the Blazers did when they were Lob City. And and honestly, I don't like it. And, and maybe it's because they're hard to complete. And again, Rudy has games where he's in the 20s, but Rudy has never been identified one iota of the way as an offensive threat. What you get offensively from Rudy Gobert is a complimentary piece to, because because Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are doing so well, Rudy has opened up. Uh, it'll turn around. They're too talented for it not to. Uh, but one thing that 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 I, I that I didn't share with Chris, at least one question, and I firmly believe it. They don't need Patrick Beverly. Okay, Bev, if you've watched him with the Lakers, he's all done. Okay, you don't need Bev, but you need a Bev type guy to galvanize the players, you know, because the coaches are the bosses slash surrogate dads. Sometimes you get tired of hearing from them, specifically the same old thing when it's the same old story. Well, Bev was that type of player who did that in games. We don't have that right now. They miss that. They don't miss Bev, but they miss that. Now, is there one way to look at this? So I haven't watched every Golden State Warriors game thus far in the 2022-2023. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find a reason to be positive about this. That that cat thing, it, the, the Bev thing, by the way, very, very true. About what? The positive about the season? Positive about the season. Yeah, I mean, they're 12 into it. Well, but that's the thing, is the defending champions, the Dubs, just lost their entire five-game road trip. Wow. The Golden State Warriors are four and seven. So... This and what's happening right now can certainly be fixed. Yep. Not the only team in the association experiencing trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. And they're certainly not as bad as the Lakers, who are like two and eight, two and nine, whatever the hell they are. You got LeBron leaving with groin injuries and getting getting tests taken. I mean, it, it could be worse. Yep. But they, they absolutely have to figure that yeah. out. I'm with you on the Bev personality. I mean, we, we, we ain't the Orlando Magic or Charlotte Hornets or Houston Rockets up in this thing. I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> the Warriors, man. At four and seven. Okay, there, there are one of two ways to look at this Warriors thing. Because they had a game the other night. They played without Steph, Clay Thompson, Draymond, 
maybe Jordan Poole. But, you know, I don't know if they all were hurt, rest, or whatever it was, and they lost. It was a close game, but they lost. Remember who their coach is. Yeah. He's Steve Kerr. Erstwhile Kerr-a-check. So one of two things are happening here. They either know because of their championship equity, they push that button, and the monster takes off and blows by everybody, or... In perhaps the latest, greatest Kurachek move in the history of the NBA, it's the lowest of low-key tanks to get to the next Giannis. <laughs> get him on a rookie deal. Put him with Steph. Never lose again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which. Uh, it must have been early on when Steph missed a game. Because... Our, well, it might not have been Steph, but they, they had some players sit out the other game. No, absolutely. The other day. We don't um, have people sitting yeah, out this, on a regular basis. Yeah, this situation sucks. Um, Anthony Edwards is not exploding to the basket and finishing and dunking on people. That's why my second question for um, how about one in a row for Fincho was the world is missing Anthony Edwards dunking on people. It's not happening. Now, Devin Booker last night, ma'am, it's it's I'm glad I, you know, I didn't hear it or know about it. Dane Moore has been on the show before. and Dane does a terrific podcast involving the NBA and the Wolves. He tweeted that Devin Booker, after somebody made a shot, looked at the bench and, and the players and, and basically said, we play, we are a team. We share the ball. Wow. And Finch said it happened, but he said there are a lot of things that are, you know, said during the course of, uh, of course, of games. But Devin just daggered what Chris has been saying all season. They get down and then now it's hero ball. Yep. And now it's D'Lo with 16 on the shot clock from 30. It, it, it's Cat falling away on the wrong foot on the baseline. It's some dumbass lob to Rudy where they're still trying to get that timing down. Well, that's what Devin Booker was saying. Thank you, Devin. I mean, it's it's and I'm a huge Devin Booker guy. He's fantastic. But not only is he stating the obvious, league cred means a lot to these guys. They, they A lot of them share agents. You know, what do you, uh, uh, what it's just the image and the opinion of others within the league matter a lot to players. And Devin Booker just chopped you down. Yeah. One of your guys, one of your constituents, your cohorts, one of the people whose opinions matter just chopped you down. Where are you going to go? Forget what Finch is saying. Forget what, what Conley or what anybody is sharing. All right. De surrogate dad, boss. A player against whom you play who is better than all of you. And that means Cat and, and all of them. Devin Booker is a better player than all of them until proven otherwise. He just chopped you down and basically called all of you selfish. So where do you go from here? I'm going to say it again in case there's like assistant trainer guy with the Wolves listening and being like three chin guy who works uh, works with the uh, the Red Hot Purple Boy, he just savaged you guys and said you're selfish. No, I didn't. I'm saying Devin Booker just said you are selfish. That's not Monty Williams. That's not media relations guy for the Suns. That's not analyst guy on the vast and ever-expanding Suns radio network. Devin Booker looked at your bench and all of you and said, guys, we're a team. We share the ball. He didn't have to say anymore. You are selfish. Shame on you. Number three couple more bits for you here. Vikings injury report, Vikings Bills injury reports came out yesterday. 
Uh, Bradbury not practicing. Dantzler not practicing. Both ankle ailments there. Cam ain't going to play. Yeah, Cam's probably out. And Dalvin Tomlinson with this calf. Hopefully he's getting better. Adam Thielen limited with an ankle, and he's just probably going to have an ankle slash foot thing all year long, and he's going to deal with it. Uh, Josh Allen with that elbow out. Tremaine Edmonds out and out of practice. I mean, not out of the game. My my fault. Uh, Jordan Poyer. Gregory Russo, Roger Saffold, their left guard, and Spencer Brown. Man, they got they got a lot of people well, nicked up over there in Buffalo. Yeah. Saffold and, and Miller were rest bits, and then that happens every Wednesday. Uh, Poyer's elbow is a problem. Uh, the timing of Russo's injury is a problem. He has five sacks. And um, so if I were to venture a guess right now, I'd say Dantzler out. I'm not, you know, Nacho said it sounds like Dalvin Tomlinson is not going to play. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far on that yet. Uh, for them, I'd be shocked if Josh Allen or Jordan Poyer played. Uh, and those are two. Poyer's unbelievable. He's, he's know, very good. He's, I mean, you hear about players and you see stats and everything, but then you start to deep dive in and you're like, my God, he's unbelievable. He's a fantastic player. So I would bet no Poyer, no Allen, no Dantzler. And and hold me closer, Tiny Dantzler. You know there there obviously has been improvement for Cam this year, and uh, there there have been some very big moments in the season. Cam Dantzler pilfered it from him. I mean, he stole it like a thief in the night. When you're Cam Dantzler and you miss a game, and it's a game after which a Caleb Evans played not only defense but special teams the way he did. Um, be careful. Be careful. Number four. I got to be careful. Is Abbott in the studio with you right now? Is he lurking around? No, why? You don't hear the dragging of his feet? No. Uh, well, best of luck as uh, state tournament high school football continues on. And this evening, you got Eden Prairie and Shakopee at 7 p.m. They're at Park Center High School. Rosemount Centennial doing battle in Stillwater. That's a 7 p.m. or that's 6A games. Zephyr's week. Yeah, I, I want to focus on the 5A tourneys. And again, I know there's there's nine man. Uh, you got God bless nine man, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if the Nicola Raiders are in the mix, but I'm rooting for you. Uh, but 5A games, Rogers versus Robbinsdale Armstrong. That's a nooner in Osseo on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Elk River, let's go Nate Prosser's team. 1 p.m. in Maple Grove against Moorhead. Rochester Mayo against my Mankato West Scarlets. That's 7 p.m. Saturday in Prior Lake. Might have to go to that game. Let's go Scarlets. And then Newton Woodbury. Yeah. It is the Zephyrs and the St. Thomas Academy Cadets. Almost everything's on the line as they try to reach their way to, uh, I believe it's an early December Saint, uh, state championship at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, they're at the final eight. So if uh, the winners move on to the Friday after Thanksgiving, <laughs> 6A and 5A. That's at um, that's at U.S. Bank Stadium, and um, I, th- I I can't remember the website, but I'm gonna figure it out today. Uh, I'm 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 putting down it's either nine dollars or thirteen dollars for a streaming service. Oh yeah, to watch the game while I'm in the air flying to Buffalo. <laughs> now I did it last year, and there was uh there was they I think they played at Shakopee High School. And there was a lot of wind and a lot of snow and stuff like that. And and the freaking stream froze. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, it froze for like 20 minutes of wherever we were flying with the Vikings. Was that the Scarlet's Cadets game? It was Cadets, but I can't remember who. And then when I came back, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, the winners, of these, this year. The, the winners of these games will play 
Uh, next weekend, actually. It'll be next weekend really? at uh, U.S. Bank yep. Stadium. Yeah, it told me Friday. Yeah, it'll be Friday and Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. So that'll be leading up to the Cowboys game. Yeah. And then they did move the state championship to the week after Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so best of luck to everybody involved. Go Scarlets. And for the sake of my professional livelihood, uh, go cadets. That's all I got. News to Nord. The head coach of the Minnesota Vikings is Kevin O'Connell, KOC. Yeah, you know we. Uh, I have the uh, privilege and opportunity a weekly to sit down with him in one-on-one interview-like fashion. We call it X's and O's, about a 12-minute chat this week. And, um, and we will replay that as we do weekly when we continue on your home for Minnesota Vikings football and hashtag Zephyr's Week. FM 100.3. Damn it. Kids call it Cape Band. It's Cape Band.